Hey there, it's Tanya Stokes and welcome to the podcast. You know, this is your go-to podcast. I want you to use this podcast as a resource, especially if you are in the beauty and barbering space. So whether you are a novice in the industry or, you know, you're a veteran in the game, you could teach us something. This is your go-to podcast. So I wanted to jump in really quickly because um, I actually have a client coming in about 30 minutes. But I had this thought, um, something I want you to ponder on, um, because I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about just the state of the world as it relates to entrepreneurs. The host, well, the guest said something like, when you look at companies that offer a structure of commission or salary, the people that are getting a commission are starting to phase out. So I was thinking, that's interesting, because I always felt that way as far as the beauty industry is concerned. Now, I know there are still a lot of commission-based salons, but I often wonder, are they really thriving? When you look at commission and you look at how some people manage their business, I don't know, at least I could say personally, I don't know of one person who is currently running a commission-based salon. I don't. And in the past, the few people that I did know, I did not trust them enough to pay me the correct commission on my income. So I've never, never been a commission stylist. I would rather be a booth rent, a booth rental stylist. And I, I had a brick and mortar in South Carolina that was 100% booth rent. And here in Charlotte, I have a suite where I have other stylists working with me and it is 100% booth rent. And then you have this thing where stylists want to come and work part-time. I don't have a part-time fee. You can work part-time, but you're going to pay me full-time booth rent. Um, And that's a whole nother thing. And I've actually talked about this a little bit. I mean, I've had this podcast since 2017, so it's somewhere down there in the archives. Because you have booth renters and... uh, booth running stylists and commission-based stylists, each option has its advantages and its disadvantages. So I just wanted to talk to you about that um, for a quick second. I want to give you some of the pros of booth renters. First of all, you have your independence and your flexibility. As a booth renter, you are responsible for you. Now you have to know a little something about business or at least hire a business coach or someone in in a profession of sales and marketing to survive in a booth rental situation. Why? Because you eat what you kill. If you're not out there doing any work, if you're not out there getting any business, if you're not out there honing your skills, you won't have a business. Your business will dry up. First of all, nobody will know that you are there. So you have that independence and you have that flexibility. You get to come and go as you choose. And uh, you set your own schedule. And then you decide what services you're going to offer. Your whatever your service base isn't contingent upon what the salon offers or 
the brand of the salon. But I'm going to talk about all of that in just a few minutes. Um, so because of that, because you have so much freedom, the second thing I want to point out is that you have higher earning potential. Like I said earlier, you eat what you kill. If you're not killing anything, you're not eating anything. So you got to constantly be out there grinding. You got to constantly give out your business card. Yes, business cards still work. You have to constantly post on social media. And today, social media is your digital footprint. It is your digital business card. But I implore you to also have regular business cards as well. But, you know, again, you have that higher earning potential. So if you want to charge $200 for a sew-in and the person next to you charges, you know, 85 or 150 you could do that. If you want to charge $125 for a silk press and the person next to you charges $100, you can do that. It all depends on you. It depends on your market. It depends on how you have branded yourself. And if your clients think you're worth it, if they don't think you're worth it, they're not going to pay it. Now, which brings me to your personal branding. I'm going to say this is number three, personal branding. You can establish a distinct identity within the salon. I have always done this. I've always done this. When I moved to Charlotte, I never branded myself as a part of the salon. I participated. If we had salon events, I participated. My business cards never said the salon name. I never had the salon number on my business card. I've always had a cell phone. I always let my clients reach out to me directly. And even if I'm out in the community, I give out my business cards that has my salon name and maybe somewhere on the business card. I can't remember because it's been a while, but maybe somewhere on the business card I put in small letters like within such and such salon, you know, because my name wasn't on the building and I didn't want people to constantly drive around like, where is this place? So I probably put somewhere on the card like, you know, um, New Faces International within so-and-so salon. So I've always done a great job of branding myself. I've always had business card flyers. I've always, always, always had a website. I've always had a business telephone number. I was constantly branding myself. When somebody asked me to do an event, um, if you read my bio, I talked about being the key hairstylist and the key makeup artist for different local plays. I always put on there New Faces International, New Faces International. I was trying to brand that name. Number four, you get to control your supplies and your products. Booth renters have more control over their products, the products and the supplies that they use, and how you sell them to your customers and the fact that you have them to sell to your customers. Now, you can choose the brands that they prefer and tailor their offerings to suit your clientele. You can choose the brand that you prefer and you could tailor your offering to suit your clientele. And I don't want you to get lost in this. I'm going to bring it all together for you. Pro number one, you are independent and you're flexible. Number two, you get higher earning potential. Three, you get to build your personal brand. And four, you have control over your supplies and products. Real quick, listen up. Turn it up, turn me up, turn me up, turn me up. I love being independent. I love the booth renter 
model, if you will. There's so much you can do with that. If you take your time and you create a contract, this isn't anything new. If you've been following me for a while, you've heard me talk about this contract. You put everything in that contract. You go as far as measuring the square footage of the station that the person's going to rent. And whether you are in a full brick and mortar salon or you are in a salon suite. And as I've said to you before, some of these salon suites are huge. I have one of the larger ones. I can put up to four stylists in my salon suite comfortably. Okay. But you go ahead and you map out the square footage of the space where that booth renter will be working. And that contract should say said booth renter is renting out, let's say a 12 by 12 space in whatever salon suite, they have full access to the common areas, which includes the restroom, the waiting room, the dryer, you know, you can also put in there that you have um, these cam fees, which covers stuff like um, drinks and snacks for the clients. So if you charge a cam fee, maybe once a month or just included in the overall price of the booth rent, say your booth rent is $200 a week, and then you wanna charge a cam fee for snacks. So maybe instead of $200 a week, you will charge 220 and that covers them that covers them for the snacks that you buy. 220 might be a lot if you have several people working with you. So let's just say 205 or 210 and you take that extra money, which is considered the cam fee and you buy a case of water, you buy snacks, you buy wine, you buy soda, depending on how many people you have working there. And you, as the owner, you pay that cam fee as well. So as clients come in and you offer them a beverage free of charge and you offer them a snack free of charge, that's where that cam fee went towards. If you had to buy cleaning supplies, and maybe you should keep it to 20, huh? <laughs> if you have to buy cleaning supplies, instead of hemming and hawing like, oh, I gotta buy these Lysol and wipes and mask and stuff like that, you pull all of that out of the cam fee that you automatically include in the booth rent, right? Okay, that covers us looking like a like one unit. Now it's not, those are my snacks. That's my juice. I, put, I bought that for my client. No, across the board. And you put that in the contract, right? Now let's look at retail. You could set retail up in your salon where the clients don't realize that that entire top shelf is Tanya's shelf. That second shelf is Karen's shelf. And that third shelf is Denise's shelf. And if your client wants to purchase something on the second shelf that you don't carry, then you just made a sale for your coworker. But all the retail is in one area. All the prices must be on there. If you want, you can even have them put the little uh, Corey code for their um, payment app, whether it's Square or PayPal or Cash App. So we look like one big family. We look like we are in this thing together. You put that in the contract as well. So you, you're, giving them the permission, you're giving them permission to retail whatever they choose to, as long as it is in this particular order. And when you come in once a week to do the brush down on all the supplies, you're gonna clean their bottles and stuff too and put them back and make sure everything is neat and in order. And even though you are operating three separate businesses out of one salon suite, we look like one unit. 
Let's look at personal branding. Some people don't like this, but it is what it is. You can still require your coworkers, even though they're booth renters, to wear a certain color. For some reason, the salon color is black. If you want to do that, you can, or you can say must wear cape, must wear a black smock. So, so what you have on orange or yellow, but you have that black smock on and everybody's wearing the black smock. The smock doesn't have a particular salon name on it. You can do that and you put all these things, all these stipulations in your contract. So if someone breaks the rule, you can say, listen, honey, you signed this contract. And if at any time you feel like you no longer want to abide by these rules of the contract, then you're free to go. Same thing covering the supplies again, you know, you get to use and retail whatever you choose to. We just want you to put all your retail on the shelf. You cannot bring a private shelf in here to retail your stuff. You cannot put a shelf up on my wall to retail this stuff. I have provided this last shelf or this middle shelf for you. It's all your stuff. You put, you line your stuff up there and we look like one unit. There's so many ways for a booth rental salon to look like one big salon and not four different businesses running out of the same salon. You have to set up rules. You have to set up boundaries. And I always tell you this, go to the mall. The mall is a perfect example of how many businesses can thrive under one roof. They have noise rules, you know, they have cleanliness rules and they have hours of operation, which brings me to the final point with this booth rental situation. You can set up hours. You could say, listen, the salon is open from, I don't know, 530 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. If you cannot get in here and do your clients between 5 a.m. and 11 o'clock at night, this is not the place for you. And you probably need to get some more training. For you to be in here one and two o'clock in the morning makes no sense. But some booth renters will try you. But again, you could put that in your contract. You can put all this stuff in your contract and look like one big company. I love it. I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. I love the way it sounds. And guess what? It does work. Now, let's look at some of the pros of a commission-based uh, salon. You have that steady income. That steady income says this salon is going to market you they told you, guaranteed, you're going to make at least $800 a week or more. And if you don't, they still owe you $800 a week. Provided of, you know, the terms of your agreement. You have a lot of support. Unlike being, unlike being in a booth rental situation, you have a lot of support, or at least you should have. And trust me, I've been around... Uh, people that own commission-based salon, they do not have a lot of support. And those girls do not get a steady income, okay? Um, especially when they're right out of school. The, the, the owner cannot guarantee it. And the owner is so up and down and wishy-washy and clock out and go home and all this other stuff. They forget that they are responsible for you. This is why I will never have a commission-based salon because that makes me responsible for the person. I don't mind assisting. I don't mind giving you referrals. I give referrals all the time. I don't mind doing that, but I don't want it to be a requirement. 
That's just where I am. I don't want it to be a requirement. I don't want to feel like I have to come into the salon to kind of oversee what you're doing because you're still a little green. I don't mind doing it, but I don't want it to be an obligation. And when you have a commission-based salon, it is an obligation for you to provide, number one, steady income. Number two, steady salon support. You are responsible for their marketing and scheduling and rather, you know, the up, like the honing of their skills. You are responsible for all of that to make sure their skills are up to par, which is fine. If you want to do that, I don't want to. Number three, a lower financial risk. Now, unlike booth renters, commission-based stylists don't bear the burden of paying booth rent or covering business expenses. And <clears throat> this can be advantageous during slow periods. Like now is a slow period in the salon. Guess what? You still owe that stylist eight, nine, twelve hundred dollars a week. You still owe them that. You set it in the contract that you would do it. You hired them during peak season and now in slow season. And not only are you the owner biting your nails because you didn't plan well. And you didn't keep those numbers up. You did all that vacationing earlier in the summer. So now it's like, hmm, maybe you shouldn't come in today. No, 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 no. I'm still coming in and you still owe me. And it's more of a team environment. Number four. Number four is a team environment. I love that. But you could have a team environment in a booth rental situation. I just explained it to you. You could look like one big team. You can still have events. You can still ask, ask the people. You don't have to require it. You could ask them and you can put it in your contract, getting back to a booth rental situation where you say, hey, look, twice a year, we have team building exercises. Twice a year, we have um, educational classes. What I have done is I buy these classes from people that I admire and um, I send the link to the people that work with me. You know, once the once I get the green light from the person I purchased the class from, I'm like, look, I work with one or two other girls. Is it okay for me to share this? I said, it's okay. Boom. I've satisfied the whole um, educational component of being in a booth rental um, environment. But as far as a team environment, commission based stylists often work in collaborative environments with other stylists. Some people will do the cut, someone else will do the color, someone else will do the sew-in, or they do a lot of team building um, projects. You can still do that in a booth rental situation. And we still piggyback. Like I have clients, I don't enjoy doing sew-ins. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't enjoy doing sew-ins anymore. My clients will come in and get the cut and the color and my coworker will braid them down and sew in the weave. Then that client will come back to me for the style. I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. And sometimes they do it in one day and sometimes they'll do it like, oh, well, you know, I had something to do that day. So I'm going to come back on Friday for her to do the sewing. Whatever works, works. And we both get paid and the client is happy. And we're not out here referring our clients to other people because we have everything here. Now, if I could find a braider, I am set. I am set, set, set. Because I have a young lady in my building. Honey, she is eating real good. <laughs> because I send most of my clients to her to get their braids. But if I could find a braider, ooh, I'm going to be 
nasty. But anyway, I wanted to share that with you. I really need to get out of here. So I'm going to quickly run through what I would consider the cons of um, the cons of a booth renter situation. You have a fi- the financial risk <clears throat> of their business if they experience a low if they experience a slow period or face unexpected expenses they are still responsible for paying their own rent they are still responsible for paying that rent however you get it is completely up to you um the overhead costs for booth renters to cover their own cost of supplies equipment and insurance you know, that can add up if the client is, if the stylist is a new stylist, you know, that may be somewhat of a struggle for her. But once again, that is not on me. That's your thing. If I have a, if I have a referral, I always refer within my salon first, and then I refer to other stylists that I know. Uh, another con is you have a limited support. Exactly. As I said, when we talked about Um, commission salons. I don't have to be there. I don't have to provide a scheduling system for you. I don't have to help you with marketing. I don't have to help you with building your business, but will I? Yes, I will. Cause I am naturally, I am naturally an educator, a coach, a helper that is natural for me. I will naturally support people, but I don't have to do it. And then number four is you have competition within the salon. And this is true. (laughs) You have, you know, I always say it's my client today, your client tomorrow. You know, clients have that, that option, but they also have that option in a booth rental situation. I mean, in a commission-based situation, they have that option to chair hop if they choose to, but we have rules and we're very tactful with the way we do things. So there you have it. The cons of a booth rental salon is financial risk, overhead costs, limited support, and competition within the salon. Now let's look at some of the cons of a commission-based salon. You have a lower earning potential. Commission-based stylists typically earn a percentage of their sales, which may result in a lower overall income compared to what booth renters make. Remember, as booth renters, you eat what you kill. That's all yours. And you pay your booth rent at the um, beginning of the week. But in a commission-based salon, the more money you make, you still have to pay commission on that. But look at it this way. You didn't buy any products. You didn't didn't have to buy anything. You just had to bring your tools set up and get ready to work. You didn't have to spend any money on marketing products. You didn't have to pay the light bill. You didn't have to buy a scheduling app. All of that was provided for you. So... Giving up that commission should be a no-brainer, at least until you build your clientele. You have less independence in a commission-based salon. You know, you have less control over your schedule and the services that you offer. And you must adhere to the salon's guidelines and policies. But you must do that in a booth rental situation as well. But you are on a schedule and you get someone tells you what services you're going to do that day. And someone gives you your client. So you're not as independent. You have a limited branding opportunity. No one will pay you a check. No one will pay you a paycheck, a commission for you to brand yourself. That's foolish. So if you're on commission, 
and the name of your salon is the elegant salon, everything that you wear, everything that you say, everything with your picture on it, including your business card and your flyers will say elegant salon because they're paying your salary. You work for them and everything you do reflects that salon. So be careful. And there's potential conflict over commission. There's always an issue with the commission structure when it comes to um, a commission-based salon. And that's something we can talk about a little bit later. You know, some commission-based salons will put you on a sliding scale. Some commission-based salons will tell you when you first come in, we guarantee you $400 a week. And then after that, you know, it's it's the, the lesser of the two. You know what I mean? So if you sign up for the $400 a week and you make $600 total with commission, you know, then you get the $400 a week. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's some tricky math that they do. Um, but it works for them. Um, I, I have several friends that were in commission based salons and there were pros and cons, and it was always an issue with that commission. But I will tell you that their time game is sick. And I learned a lot from them, like get the client in and out, we get them in and out. And I'm always counting 90 minutes. You know, I want to get you in and out in 90 minutes or less, depending on what it is that you have going on. I still use a timer for my colors and my cuts. I'm, I'm sorry. I still use a timer for my colors and my relaxer. I still do all that stuff by the book. I don't gauge anything. I still measure my color, my developer. You know, my thing is to get in and out. But I'm going to wrap this up because it's my 30 minutes. It's almost up. But I want to say this, ultimately, the choice between a booth rental and a commission-based arrangement depends on the individual's preferences. It depends on your preference and your goals and the specific salon environment that you choose to be in. I like an upbeat, fun, family-type salon without the TV, without the unnecessary cussing, but I like everyone to talk. I like to talk to your clients. I want your clients to talk to my clients. You know, I want you to talk to my clients. I, when you walk through the door, I want the stylist to be able to say, hey, Denise. I want the clients to say, hey, Denise. It's not just transactional in the salons. It's relational. It's about building a relationship. And year after year, we grow and we become closer. We don't have to blur those lines like, oh, you're my best friend, but we have a relationship. And I love that. I do. I love that. And in the way that I operate my salon, I could so easily be a commission-based salon and have a good time, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to be responsible for anybody's paperwork. I want everybody to pay their booth rent at the beginning of the week work for as long as they want, work seven days a week if you want, or work two days a week if you want. The booth rent is still the same. But I do believe that the commission-based salon is phasing out. I believe it's phasing out. Stylists want their independence. Stylists don't want to be told to dress a certain way and look a certain way. We are constantly fighting. Think about it. We're natural creatives. So if I'm a natural creative, I don't want you to tell me that I need to wear this uniform. I don't mind wearing the smock, but I don't want to wear that. You know what I mean? And some products just don't work for me. So I use my own products 
and I retail my products and I provide a place for someone else to come in and use their products and retail their products. But hey, this is my time. <laughs> it's my time. It's time for me to get out of here. But don't forget, go to my academy, the academy, the number four, the letter you.com, the academy for you.com. There you will find uh, my online course, which is very reasonably priced, as well as little tips and tricks about marketing. If you're struggling with marketing, let me tell you, this little Amazon hack that I have on my site is going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, no way, say less. No, I'm not going to say less. It's an Amazon hack. And when I learned it, I was like, yo, <laughs> This is awesome. And I'm sure you're going to feel the same way. Hey, listen, I'm Tanya Stokes. That's my time. As always, share this podcast with a friend. And if you feel as though you have something that you want to share with my audience, I'd love to have you on as a guest. Um, just send me an email at info at tanyastokes.com or send me a text message at 704-756-2752. Don't forget, we're going to start showing up with podcasting videos on YouTube. But in the meantime, you will always find me right here wherever you get your podcast. Just in case you weren't here when I said it before, you can always go to your Alexa app and say, Alexa, play the Tanya Stokes podcast. I'm Tanya Stokes. <laughs>